The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. On today's episode of Breakout Kings, we dive into Richard Lee McNair's 2006 prison escape. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a fan of audiobooks of any kind of genre, fiction, nonfiction, historical, autobiographies, you want to check out Audible today for a free audiobook of your choice. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash Larry21. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Richard Lee McNair is a convicted murderer known for his ability to escape and elude capture. In 1987, McNair murdered one man and shot a second man four times during a botched robbery. He's currently serving two terms of life imprisonment for these crimes, as well as, of course, escaping from prison. He escaped multiple times, but for this episode, we're focusing on his 2006 prison escape from the U.S. Penitentiary in Pollock, Louisiana. McNair's duties in prison included work in a manufacturing area where he would repair all torn mailbags. He held this position for several months, throughout which McNair plotted his escape. McNair escaped by hiding himself in a specially constructed escape pod, which included a breathing tube, that was buried under a pile of mailbags. The pallet was shrink-wrapped and forklift to a nearby warehouse outside of the prison fence. After prison staff delivered McNair's pallet and went for lunch, McNair cut himself out of his escape pod and walked through the unsecured area of freedom. Federal investigators believe that McNair must have received help from other inmates to escape, but McNair has always maintained that he acted alone. McNair's pallet was shipped out of prison around 9.45 a.m. and he was able to escape the pallet around 11 a.m. 
McNair was aware that it would not be until 4 p.m. that the prison would find himself find him missing. McNair's plan was to go to the nearby town of Alexandria, Louisiana, where he would then steal supplies and transportation. Hours after his escape from Pollock, McNair was stopped while running away on a railroad track near Ball, Louisiana, by police officer Carl Bordelin. The incident was captured on a video camera mounted in the officer's patrol car. McNair had no identification and proceeded to give Officer Bordelin the alias of Robert Jones. When asked again five minutes later, he gave a different alias, Jimmy Jones. Though the officer did not notice the different answer, McNair laughed and joked with the officer, and even as the officer got a matching description of the inmate, McNair appeared collected and calm. He successfully convinced the officer that he was jogging and in town to help on a post-Katrina roofing project, allowing him to go back to jogging within 10 minutes. One factor that made it easier for McNair to escape arrest was that the photo provided to police was very low quality and six months old. Another was that the prison had told the police that they were not completely sure that McNair had escaped. The officer himself claimed that he let McNair go because the physical description of McNair given to police was completely different from how McNair actually appeared. Over the ten minutes that Borderland questioned McNair, McNair remained calm and provided completely plausible explanations, eventually convincing the officer that his alibi was true. McNair later wrote that he did not see the cruiser because it was blocked from view by trees, and that he planned to run if he was not able to convince Borderland of his innocence. McNair later denied the suggestion that he would have assaulted the police officer if confronted claiming that he had renounced violence after his initial arrest. McNair described his escape as a get-out-of-jail-free card and described his feelings after the confrontation with the officer as relief, disbelief, and bewilderment. McNair agreed that he did not resemble his prison picture. Borderland remained with the Ball Police Department for the rest of his life, eventually becoming assistant police chief before his death in 2015 at the age of 51. On April 13, 2006, U.S. Marshals added McNair to, the, to their 15 most wanted list. They noted that McNair was the first prisoner to escape from a federal prison since 1991. Later that in April, about two weeks after his escape, McNair successfully crossed into British Columbia from Blaine, Washington. On April 28, 2006, RCMP in Pentaton, British Columbia, confronted McNair while investigating a stolen car that he was driving, which was parked at a local beach. The officers asked McNair to step out of the car to be questioned, which he did, but he ran across a nearby field and outran the officers soon after being confronted. The police impounded the car but did not realize the identity of McNair until two days later when one of the officers recognized him from an episode of America's Most Wanted. Subsequent investigations found a digital camera full of self-portraits, which police determined were probably for the purpose of producing a fake ID. When authorities examined the car, they found McNair's fingerprints, confirming that he was in Canada. After escaping arrest in Penticton, McNair rode, rode a bike to Kelowna. Because it took several days for the police to confirm his identity, it was relatively easy for McNair to escape the area. In 2006, McNair traveled back to the U.S., when he drove a Subaru Outback from Vernon, British Columbia, to Blaine, Washington. McNair then traveled across the U.S. and eventually crossed back into Canada from Minnesota. 
After arriving back in Canada, McNair traveled through southern Ontario and traveled west to Vancouver. Early on, McNair developed a plan to buy land in central British Columbia around Williston Lake after seeing ads for the property. He changed his mind after visiting the area and finding that a drought and pine beetle infestation had devastated the area. The fact that there was only one road in and out of the property also made McNair uncomfortable. In 2007, McNair traveled to eastern Canada and drove through Quebec where he enjoyed mountain biking and spent a lot of time around Lac Saint-Jean. McNair nearly attempted to cross back into the U.S. again at Derby Line, Vermont, but the security on the American side convinced him that attempting to cross back would be too risky. He eventually traveled through Halifax, Nova Scotia, St. John, New Brunswick. McNair spent about two months in Fredericton, New Brunswick, before he was again confronted by police. On April 8, 2006, Three days after McNair's escape, America's Most Wanted ran its first profile of McNair. The program would go on to detail McNair a total of 12 times on television and 9 times on radio. The last time McNair was featured on featured was on November 24, 2007, a month after his recapture. Over the period of McNair's time in Canada, Canadian viewers made over 50 reports to the RCMP, confirming that the fugitive had been seen north of the border. McNair watched America's Most Wanted intently, describing the show as a thorn. McNair confronted after his capture that whenever a new episode of America's Most Wanted aired, he would buy food and fuel his vehicle. Then, featured, would keep it low for a couple of days. Throughout his time as a fugitive, McNair tracked his own story on the internet. After his recapture, McNair commented that the ongoing coverage of him was, for the most part, true. Louisiana Marshal Glenn Belgard attempted to capture McNair online with the help of a criminal profiler. McNair su suspected that the Louisiana police had attempted to contact him by posing as a woman online, who said that, quote, she would like to hide McNair in her basement. McNair was surprised by how much the media coverage focused on him, especially the 11-page article that appeared in New Yorker. Excuse me. McNair owned several laptops while living as a fugitive. After having his laptop seized in Penticaton, he began to store most of his information on USB sticks. With the helps of a scanner, digital camera, Photoshop, and a pet ID website, McNair was able to produce a passable fake Alaska driver's license. He learned how to rig his video camera to his laptop so that he could cut his own hair. One of McNair's laptops was dedicated solely to monitoring a Louisiana-based website, which closely followed all media coverage of McNair. In order to support himself, McNair stole vehicles and cash from car dealerships. Because he had once worked as a car salesman himself, McNair knew where to find cash and keys at such dealerships and how to avoid security. McNair stole only new vehicles since they had window stickers indicating whether a vehicle was equipped with a GPS-style tracking system. If it was, he wouldn't touch it. McNair avoided driving conspicuous-looking vehicles, preferring white vehicles that quote, everybody has. He once considered stealing a three-quarter ton truck camper, but one of the supposed sightings of McNair was in North Dakota in a truck with a camper. So he eventually settled on a van instead. In one incident, while McNair was staying in a motel in British Columbia, he left to buy something and returned to find the motel surrounded by a police SWAT team. 
McNair began to flee in his car, but later found on a local AM radio station that the police were responding to a hostage situation at the motel. McNair then returned to the scene and filmed the standoff with a Sony HD video camera, which he recently purchased. The episode lasted for another 20 minutes. On October 24, 2007, near Nash Creek, New Brunswick, off-duty RCMP constable Dan Millinson spotted an expensive-looking white cube van with, quote, crappy-looking tinted rear windows and an Ontario license plate. Suspecting that the van was stolen and or being used to smuggle alcohol or cigarettes, the constable noted the plate number and the van and that the van was headed to Campbellton, a nearby city. Melanson did not attempt to apprehend McNair, but his report alerted other RCMP in Campbellton of the presence of McNair's vehicle. McNair had, in fact, tinted the windows himself in a London, Ontario park. The next day, Constable Stefan Gagnon, a six-week rookie, spotted McNair's van by chance in downtown Campbellton and pursued it, and pursued it excuse me, Following a low-speed car chase and a subsequent foot chase, McNair was successfully arrested by Gagnon with the help of his field coach, Constable Nelson Levesque. In October 2008, the U.S.-based International Associations of Chief of Police awarded Melanson the Looking Beyond the License Plate grand prize for his role in apprehending McNair. McNair himself described his capture as simply the product of bad luck, as he put it, it was just one of those days. McNair was transferred to the Atlantic Institution, a Canadian Federal Maximum Security Penitentiary in New Brunswick, while awaiting extradition to the U.S. The Maltese later told the media that McNair was cooperative after his capture and even joked with them. When one officer asked McNair what the reward for his capture, McNair replied, $25,000. That's not much, said the officer. McNair replied that was because all the government money is tied up in Osama bin Laden's reward. McNair later described the Campbellton RCMP as good men doing their job. McNair is now incarcerated at ADX Florence, a supermax prison near Florence, Colorado. It has the reputation as the Alcatraz of the Rockies. It houses some of the U.S.'s most dangerous prisoners, who have been deemed too great a security risk for even a maximum security prison. When McNair was captured, law enforcement officers, or sources, I should say, told America's Most Wanted that he would almost certainly spend the rest of his life at ADX. He now spends most of every day in a 12 by 7 foot concrete cell. He lives in a pod with five other prisoners. McNair has no access to the internet. County employees screen and reject McNair's pending mail. If it deals with topics prohibited by federal regulations, such as escape plans. In his media correspondence, McNair described his location as the most secure section of the most secure prison in the world, but expressed reservations about discussing specific details of his incarceration, saying, quote, Thank God for prisons. There are some very sick people in here, animals you'd never want living near your family or the public in general. I don't know how corrections staff deal with it. They get spit on, shit on, abused, and I have seen them risk their own lives and save a prisoner many times. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below about this case. Is there something we missed? Something we should have covered? Let us know. And as always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow. 
upgrade any equipment, bring new hosts, be able to pay them. And as always, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.